thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. When it comes to our prayer life, I'm sure most of us would say, do you know what? My prayer life isn't all that it should be. It isn't all that I want it to be. And if I was to say to you, would you like to take your prayer life deeper? Most of us would say, absolutely. We just don't know how. In this video, I want to give you two practices that I think will help you to take your prayer life deeper. You know, Craig Grishel, who's the pastor of Life Church in America, he said this, prayer reminds us we are not in control and connects us to the one who is. Prayer isn't about trying to twist God's arm. Prayer is about us coming into an alignment with him and a relationship with him. And I want to give you two practices that will help take your prayer life deeper. Number one, praying out loud. Now, to some of you who just hear that, you think, what? I pray out loud. That's no big deal. But to some of you, as soon as I said praying out loud, your palms are starting to sweat and your heart is starting to beat faster. Many people struggle with praying out loud. You see, some of us, we think, I want to get it right. You know, I don't want to use the right words. Or we listen to other people and we think, now that's how to pray. I mean, when God hears them pray, God's going to be like, get the angels around. Listen to this guy. Listen to this girl. That's how you should pray. But it's not like that. I want to give you some reasons why praying out loud will take your prayer life deeper. Number one, external declarations can change your internal dialogue. When we pray out loud... Actually, something happens to the internal dialogue that's in our mind. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, the reality is we eat the fruit of our words. And often the words in our head can be negative words. But when we pray out loud, we pray out things like, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are in control. Jesus, you are with us. Jesus, you love us. And and that external narrative declaration will change the internal dialogue. Second reason why praying out loud will take you deeper is it keeps you awake. The Bible says the spirit is willing, you know, but the flesh, uh, I don't think it's the Bible, it's an expression. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And even Jesus and these three top guys, you know, those three top disciples that he took with him into the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, will you watch and pray while I go and pray? They couldn't even keep awake. But when you pray out loud, it keeps you focused. It keeps you alert. Number three, praying out loud sets a standard in your house. You know, when your kids hear you pray out loud, you know, you're communicating something. You're communicating that God is number one in your house. That actually, you know, like in the words of Joshua in Joshua 24, he gathered all the people together after they possessed the land. And Joshua said, you've got to choose whether you're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you and I pray out loud, we set a standard for those in our house. But number four, it encourages other people. When you pray out loud, it encourages others more than you know. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Beloved friends, what does all this imply? When you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation or a tongue and interpretation, let each one contribute what strengthens others. Guys, when you're in connect groups, when you're in your family, when you're with your friends, when you pray out loud, it encourages other people. Let me just give you some tips when you do pray out loud. Number one, keep it short. 
There's no prizes for going on and on. In fact, Jesus says, don't babble on. That's what the pagans do. So you don't get any extra prizes, all right? No extra points, nectar points, if you pray long. So keep it short. Number two, pray like you. Be yourself. Everyone else has been taken. Remember years ago when I was a a teenager and I'd just become a Christian, and I was in a prayer meeting, and there was a, a guy, and he was a little bit older than me, but he'd just become a Christian as well, and he was a real black country guy, okay? And, um, and he was praying in a prayer meeting, and I was brought up in church, um, so, so I was used to people praying nice, long, eloquent prayers, but this guy started praying like this. He says, Dear God, thank you for the other day when you spoke to me. Now, it was Friday night. Now, actually, God, it wasn't Friday, was it? Was it Thursday? God, or was it Wednesday, God? Now, anyway, God, it was one of them days and Yao spoke to me. And as I listened to this guy pray, he prayed short, but he prayed like himself. And it really hit me because I thought, you know, God doesn't want you to pray like somebody else. God wants to hear you. He wants to hear your voice. And when you pray out loud, it encourages others. But I think it also pleases the heart of God. And then the third tip is this. So keep it short. Pray like you. And number three. In the words of the song from Frozen, let it go. Once you've prayed, let it go. Many of us, when we pray out loud, we then beat ourselves up and we say things like this. Oh, was it too long? Was it too short? Did I get that wrong? Could I have said this? Could I have done that? And we do like a, like a critique of our own prayer. And I think God says, why are you doing that? You know, you know, the Bible says that actually it's the words of our heart and the, it's the words of our mouth and it's the meditation of our heart that pleases God. So guys, I want to encourage you, in this season, take your prayer life deeper by praying out loud. How do you do it? Keep it short, pray like you, and then let it go into God. The second practice I want to talk to you about is fasting. Now again, if when I said pray out loud, that made some of your palms go sweaty and your heart beat, when I say fasting, some of you are already starting to feel hungry. All right, because you immediately think that fasting is all about feeling hungry. Actually, the word fasting literally means to abstain. It means to temporarily stop something which in itself may not be bad. And actually, it can be good. And in some cases, it's essential. But you're stopping something temporarily in order to create space for something greater, namely God. Now, we don't talk a lot about fasting in our church, but fasting is one of those spiritual principles that's been in the Christian church for centuries. It really has. Jesus mentions it in Matthew 6 and verse 16 to 18. Let me read it out. It says this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let me give you some principles here. Jesus says when you fast. So he doesn't say if you fast. He's assuming that you will. Fasting was part of the Jewish tradition. And and when Jesus came along, he kind of thought, you know, he, he just implied that that's one of those things that actually translates into uh, followers of Jesus. But he says this, so, so when you fast, he says this, it's not about impressing people. So, so you see, he says some of the hypocrites, some of the religious leaders, they, 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 everybody knew they were fasting because they kind of looked like they were, you know, and they told everybody that they were fasting. And they disfigured themselves almost to show off in front of other people. Listen, when you fast, it's not about impressing people. It's actually not about impressing God. 
You can't impress God. I can't impress God. God's not impressed by the length of our prayers or by how much we fast. It's not about that. And it's not about trying to twist God's arm or manipulate God. It's not about trying to bend God towards you. It's actually about you and I bending ourselves towards him. It's not about twisting his arm. It's about surrendering ourselves to him. So why do we fast? Let me give you some reasons. Firstly, we fast to learn self-control. Going without something in order to create space for something greater is also about self-control. It's about delayed gratification. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. It says in Proverbs 25, it's not smart to stuff yourself with sweets, nor is glory piled on glory good for you. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Incredible verses. Proverbs 25, 27 and 28 from the message. So we fast to learn self-control. Secondly, we fast to think more clearly. You see, when we are fasting, and maybe, maybe we are going without food, and we'll come on to that in a minute, then actually the hunger pains that we feel, they remind us about why we're fasting. They remind ourselves that we're creating more space for something greater, God himself. It says in Acts 13 verse, verse 2 in the early church that while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So while they were fasting, they were, they were sharper, they were keener, they heard the Holy Spirit give them the instruction to set apart Barnabas and Saul. Guys, when we fast, we, we go without something and it, it makes our spiritual ears sharper to the voice of the Spirit. Number three, we fast to open ourselves to more of God's power. Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and the Bible says he fasted, he went without food. And it says in Luke 4 verse 14, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. I can't explain this to you, but it's something like when we fast, we, we create that hunger within us for food maybe or for whatever it is we're fasting. But actually what that does is it creates more space for the power and the presence of God. And number four, we fast to confess our sin and our brokenness. And this is a pattern right the way through the Bible. When the people of God realized that they, that they were sinners, that there was brokenness, often they, that, that they, they wept or they mourned or they fasted and they, they, were, they were stopping something that, that they enjoyed or that was good for them to say to God, God, I am broken, I am a sinner and I want to bring that to you. So, how do we fast? Let me give you some practical things. Number one, eat less. That's actually a form of fasting, literally by eating less. When you eat, eat less. That's, that's a way of fasting. It's good for your diet as well. Number two, eat only at certain times. The, the Celtic um, monasticism, the, the Celtic monks, what they would often do is that they wouldn't start eating until three o'clock in the afternoon. So the whole morning and lunchtime was a time of fasting and then they would, they would only allow themselves to eat after three o'clock on certain days. Maybe uh, you can fast by eating certain foods only. You may have heard something called the Daniel fast. It's, it's almost like a vegan fast now, but it's vegetables and water. So again, you know, fasting can be eating less, it can be eating at certain times, it can be eating certain foods only, or fasting can be by going without some meals. So maybe for you, a fast would be, do you know what, on this day, I'm going to not have breakfast. 
On this day, I'm going to not have lunch. On this day, maybe you're going to go a 24-hour period. So you eat in the evening and then go 24-hour period and you don't eat again into the evening. Now, that's going to be tough. I find fasting quite hard, okay, especially giving up meals. But, you know, one of, I, one of the things I've experienced is that when I do that, the hunger, the physical hunger within me reminds me of my spiritual hunger for more of God. And actually, when I do that, I learn self-control, but I create space. I, I, I keen my ears in. My ears become keener and sharper to listen to God. And I create that capacity for God. Now, let me say, if you're going to go without food, whether it be a meal or a whole day, be sensible. If you have diet issues or health issues, please be sensible and wise. And also make sure when you're fasting that you're always, always drinking plenty of fluids, especially water. But you know, you can fast from other things that often demand or captivate our attention. And there's a long list of those. You could fast from social media. You could fast from Netflix. That would be a shock to some of you right now, especially during this season. You could fast from alcohol. You could fast from chocolate. You could fast from puddings or desserts. You could fast from uh, shopping. You could fast from all kinds of things. What you're doing is you're laying something down to create space for something greater. And that is always God himself. You see, guys, fasting is not primarily about changing our diet. It's about adding depth to our relationship with Jesus. Ultimately, it's about dependency on him and him alone. So when we as a church call days of prayer and fasting, I want you to ask God these two questions. God, what should I abstain from during these days? Maybe it's a meal or maybe it's part of a meal or maybe it's something else and I'm laying something down in order to create space for something greater, which is always God himself. And the second question is this, God, how can I open myself up to more of you during these days? Guys, you and I, we all want our prayer life to go deeper. Here's two practices, pray out loud, and fast. And when you and I do that, I think we will remind ourselves of this quote that I began this teaching with. Prayer reminds us we are not in control and connects us to the one who is. God bless you.